the volume. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future Brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Started off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Colin Cowherd Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. Man, did we have another great week. Super Bowl MVP, eight-time Pro Bowler Vaughn Miller with the Broncos told me about the most polished rookie he's ever seen. My Packer go-to guy, Tyler Dunn. We discuss what's good and not so good about this year's Green Bay team. And then my buddy Chad Millman, we have our best bets, NFL Week 4, good podcast. First, my top takes of the week. Number one, the Rams pretty much dominating Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. There are games throughout the course of a season which are really difficult games to win. For instance, we always know that road teams on Thursday night football, that's a tough spot. Uh, You know, if a team was opening a stadium, you know, the Bears playing the Rams at SoFi, first time with fans, that's a tough spot. I I thought Tampa Bay really just didn't bring the energy the Rams did. That game felt so big in Los Angeles. Sean McVay, Matt Stafford facing the Super Bowl champions. And that is not a knock on the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, and Tom Brady. But, you know, the NFL, there are upsets. There are certain games like the Bills and the Steelers week one. You just have to pretend it never happened. If they met again, the Bills would win by three touchdowns. Last year, the Jags beat the Colts in week one. The Jags never won another game. In September, crazy shit happens. Teams aren't ready. They go into Florida, the sun, and they're just, they just evaporate. Um, I thought the Buccaneers just stepped into a hornet's nest, SoFi Stadium, 
I had several friends there. It, it was deafening. And it felt like a Super Bowl. And it just, to me, it felt so much more important to the Rams than it did to the Bucks. And I don't think Tampa ever matched the urgency I felt from the Rams. Um, you know, the Rams are a team, and I, and I think they match up with Tampa. And not everybody does. But they have a superstar corner in Jalen Ramsey, and you can put him on Mike Evans and basically take Mike Evans out of a game. That's a big deal when you face Tampa. You've got to have a star receiver. They also create a pass rush, an interior pass rush with Aaron Donald. Tom Brady has always struggled with an interior pass rush. They're also a team that will test your corners. Matt Stafford loves to go over the top, and that's arguably the weakness of the Buccaneers. So I think the Rams have a lot of components that are going to challenge the Buccaneers if they met again. An elite show-stopping corner to take out Mike Evans, mostly. The ability to score quickly on Tampa's corners, the weakness, I think, of their team. And an interior pressure component in Aaron Donald, which can frustrate Tom Brady. But I thought that game was all about intensity and urgency. And I find myself fascinated watching McVeigh and Matt Stafford's relationship with, with McVeigh running down the sidelines. I don't know if I'm more interested in the Rams or that relationship. Uh, at some point, I think Jared Goff's got to be watching this somewhere at his home in Michigan and thinking, wow, they don't miss me at all. You know, and it's interesting. So much about this league is health. And an interesting player for the Rams is Deshaun Jackson. And I was talking to Les Snead. Uh, during the offseason about this. And, and he felt that the Rams with Goff were too reliant on 11 and 12 play drives. And that you've got to be able to do what the Chiefs can do, which is score quickly. You, you can't ask your offense to be perfect. I mean, you can have a, a, an excellent offensive line, but one holding call blows up a drive or one mistake by a right tackle blows up a drive. And so the ability with Deshaun Jackson to go over the top and get big chunks of yards quickly, it's a home run hitter in baseball that you'd sometimes... Not every inning can be about two doubles, three singles. Sometimes you need a three-run jack. And I think Deshaun Jackson, his health is always a concern, but you can see the speed and how he takes the top off. He's a wild card. If he is healthy in the playoffs, you do not want to face the Rams at SoFi with Deshaun Jackson. You do not want to face that team. This week, the talk inevitably is about Belichick and Brady colliding in Foxborough on Sunday night. Bucks patriots matchup. Because we all love drama, we love tabloid headlines. And this story has generated lots of them. Uh, Belichick treated Brady like a child. The feud ruined a dynasty. Uh, none, of course, are true. But I, I think for the sake of drama, many people are ignoring the basic human element at the heart of this story. Uh, there was a study I saw about a year ago. It was conducted by the co-author of Freakonomics, Stephen Levitt. He's an economist at the University of Chicago, and he asked about 20,000 people to make a decision in their life on a dilemma they were currently facing. And the decision had to be made solely based on the results of a coin toss. And the dilemma was, should I start my own business? Should I propose? Should I grow a beard? And if the coin landed on heads, then they had to make the subsequent change tails, and they didn't. So what were the results? When the researchers followed up six months later, they found that for the important decisions like quitting a job or ending a relationship, <clears throat> Brady, people who were told to make a change 
were more satisfied and happier and productive than those who maintained the status quo. And I think that's important to note with Brady. It's very easy to just say, well, he inherited better players. But he isn't just revitalized because he left Belichick. It's because he made a massive change in his life that had far-reaching benefits in his approach to everything. And I say this because I've done it three times myself. And there is a productivity jump and an inertia and an energy and spark that is created from the fear of a new job, from the apprehension, the anxiety of a new environment and a new job. I've done this three times. I am a better broadcaster today than five years ago. Why? Because there's a certain energy that is created by changing environments, changing coasts, changing people. Not every single element of my current job is better than my former job. But what happens when you push yourself into a new space is the the enemy of great is content. And most people listening to this podcast, men or women, are underachieving at some point in your life. And you're underachieving not because you don't have talent. It's because you're content. You're not creating new energy. It's not just that he got Mike Evans. I would argue that his leadership improved, that his productivity personally improved. Emotionally, he's in a better place. He went from dour, cold, freezing weather to sunshine, new assistance, new playbook, had to learn them very quickly. All these things, it's like battery cables to your life. And I can speak to this because I've seen it happen to me three different times. All of them post 40, 45 years old. If Brady stays in New England, it's not just about the lack of wide receiver weapons. Same playbook, same people, same weather, same drive, no freshness, no newness. And I think a lot of this has revitalized, jump-started sort of an energy within Tom. And I know this sounds very Zen and very Phil Jackson, but anybody listening to this show that has started a new challenging job, it really enhances your abilities, all of them, emotionally and physically. And I think what happens to a lot of people is you get content. Same drive, same people, same playbook, same coaching. You're a chef, same menu, same restaurant. And then you decide, I'm going to open up a new restaurant. And a year later, you're like, oh, it was so stale. It's not the restaurant was bad. That's not it. But some of this with Brady, he's happier. He's more joyful. He's more challenged. Day to day, his productivity beyond just football, I bet if you ask Tom, has improved. I noticed something last week and called friends on this. Andy Reid did not look right two weeks ago. I thought his skin pallor, he looked pale. Uh, after the game, the loss to the Chargers in Kansas City, uh, he was rushed to the hospital. He's now in good shape. But, you know, Andy's been doing this for a long time. I, I just, I worry about his health. You know, as I watch that game, and I'm kind of over worrying about who the best quarterback is. But when you're young and you win a Super Bowl like Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes, you are pretty much anointed the best young quarterback in the game. But when I watch Justin Herbert and I watch Patrick Mahomes on the same field, folks, I don't see a gap at all. I don't see a gap at all. In fact, I would argue that Herbert almost makes it look easier. He's a little bigger, a little thicker than Mahomes. He doesn't have the hardware. 
and Mahomes deserves to be called the best quarterback in the game. I, I, I don't care about the list. When you watch those two together, you tell me. You tell me the gap. I don't see it. I, I think Herbert has a rifle. Uh, I think he has uh, uh, an effortless throwing motion. He was a 4-2 student in biology at Oregon. So smart, he was a tutor during classes. Um, he's won a lot of football games at the collegiate level and last year set all sorts of records with a bad offensive line and a coach in Anthony Lynn who is viewed by the people that I trust in the league more as a coordinator or a college head coach as much as he is an NFL head coach. They don't think of him much in that space. You know, we've all got this victory parade for the Chiefs over the next decade. I think the Chiefs, if you told me over under, Chiefs win six AFC West titles the next 10 years, I'd say under. I think the surprise team in the league to me is the Raiders. They're 3-0, and and I picked them to be in last place. Uh, two things are happening. Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, deserves a great deal of credit. Now, a lot of people think Gus Bradley deserves a second head coaching job. He brought a lot of his guys with him, a lot of his coaches. Uh, the Raiders went and acquired a, a Baltimore Raven on their defensive front. What they're really doing now is getting a tremendous pass rush. As Greg Cosell told me this week in the herd, the Raiders are getting a tremendous pass rush without bringing extra people. Uh, that has elevated what I perceive to be a, an okay secondary. Also, we know this through the years. You do not have to nail your first-round picks. Belichick hasn't. Pete Carroll hasn't. The Raiders haven't. Be careful about being too punitive on teams having some real misses with their draft picks. So much of this league is quarterback play, protecting him, and the bottom half of your roster. There are very few teams in this league with a top 12 quarterback, and Derek Carr is, an offensive line that can protect him that don't win. Right now, the Raiders are giving Derek Carr time to throw. They ran the ball yesterday better than they had, but the Derek Carr is getting time to throw, and they're creating a massive pass rush without bringing extra people. And somebody told me this years ago, it's, it's so simple, and, and I think I've said this multiple times. If you have the most comfortable quarterback during a game, you'll win about 75% of the games. And Derek Carr is much more comfortable than the three quarterbacks he has faced so far this year. That's the easiest way to explain it. If there's one team in the league I think I have whiffed on, as long as they're healthy, the Raiders are going to be a really, really tough out. And I'm happy for Derek Carr. You know, he entered the league from Fresno State, so you didn't watch him on television. He was a second-round guy, not a first guy. And he was also, he came to a team that was a mess. So how you enter a company is often how you're viewed. If you start in the mailroom, you're not going to be viewed the same way, even if you rise through the ranks as somebody who started in the corner office. And we didn't watch Derek Carr in college, and he didn't go in the first round, and he went to a lousy team. The Raiders were a mess. He's gone through coaches. But if, if you're really honest with yourself, and you look at the, the data that matters for a quarterback, Derek Carr, with time to throw, is a really, really good player. After 20 years in the same sideline, Tom Brady and Belichick meet this weekend as opponents. It's the GOAT quarterback and the GOAT head coach, and you can be part of the epic showdown with an unbelievable odds play on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, customers can win $150 on a $5 bet. That's it, $150 on a $5 bet if either team scores a touchdown. That's right. 
25 to 1 odds on any touchdown anytime during the Tampa New England game. Current line Patriots plus seven. You know, this is a weird game. Belichick was humiliated. I imagine they play a much tighter game, but Tampa Bay lost. I imagine, despite an injury to Scotty Miller, they're more effective offensively. I would probably go Tampa Bay minus seven. Offers like this, though, are just one of the many reasons I love FanDuel Sportsbooks. The number one rated sportsbook app in America. Easy to use, safe and secure, fast payouts. Sign up right now, FanDuel Sportsbook today. All you got to do is use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N, that's it. Make your first bet, one for the history books. Don't forget to use the promo code Colin so they know I sent you. Max bonus, 125 bucks. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbookfanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media. 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. He's one of the greatest football players in the last decade in the league, an 11 years and eight-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl MVP from the defensive side. Uh, Vaughn Miller is now joining us today. You know, I, I said all off season, I, I said Denver is a great roster. They need to upgrade at corner, and they got to stop making mistakes at quarterback. So when I made my prediction, I'm like, I, 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 I know their talent's good, but I don't know if Patrick Sertan's ready to play. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's new, so Bridgewater has done what he's done his whole career. Figures it out quickly. A lot of completions, no mistakes. But let's start on the defensive side with the rookie from Alabama. How many, yeah. how many practices, Vaughn, are you watching that young corner? How many does it take for you to go, oh, shit, he gets it. He, this kid can play. Since, since day one. Since day one. He, he's, prob- he's the most polished rookie that I've ever seen. Wow. So he, he's, he's the most polished rookie that I've ever seen. And this is on my team, other teams. This, this could be any, any rookie that I've ever seen in National Football League. Now, Patrick Sertan is the most polished DB that I've ever seen, like rookie DB that I've ever seen. It's just a little bit more experience, and you know he's gonna be he's gonna be the top corner in the league in a matter of time. He's gonna get paid twenty five million. He's gonna be the next franchise corner. Patrick Sertan, he he really has it all. He can run fast. You know he's tall. He's rangy. You know he can guard a slot receiver. He can guard your big possession receiver. Um, when the ball is in the air, he turns into a receiver. It's, it's anybody's ball. You know, and these receivers, you know, they, they don't really fight for the ball like DBs do. And Patrick Sertan is six two and a half. You know, 200, 200 pounds, and he can run, you know, four or three. He has all the footwork. He has all the smarts. Um, he, he is the most polished rookie that I've ever seen in my life. Wow. My whole career. That's incredible. Can, Vaughn, go back in your career. Take people listening. How long – I mean, could you tell instantly um, with the really great young players you face, like a Mahomes, could you tell instantly, oh, yeah, that's going to work. Or can you sense fear instantly and go, you know, this kid, he doesn't like the pocket. He doesn't like, he doesn't like footsteps. Can you tell right away? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You can tell right away. You know, Patrick Mahomes, he was just fearless. You know, he just, he just got it. He was confident. You know, you face other rookie quarterbacks, you know, they're struggling with their reads. They're, you know, scrambling out the pocket, you know, struggling, trying to push the ball, push the ball downfield. And I, I think we, we watch it week in and week out, you know, when you have young guys, you know, struggle. Well, when I really think about it, um, young guys with success. Patrick Mahomes is really. There's not been a young guy that had that type of success like Patrick Mahomes. Andrew Luck had, you know, um, uh, he had a ton of success early on in his career as well, and I think he developed into the quarterback that you know everybody knew he could be like later down in his career. But right off the bat, like nobody's like Patrick Mahomes. Um, when you when you were part of the no fly zone, do you remember thinking? Because this defense has a chance to be really special now that you have Fuller and Patrick Sertan at corner. Mm-hmm. Did, did, w- when you were on the field, did you feel like, Vaughn, that's one of the top five defenses maybe ever, that you control the game. The defense controlled the game. Could you sense it? Could you, could you sense offenses 
were frustrated. Like, take me to the best year sure. you've had, the best defensive year you ever played, and what it's like. Yeah, I mean, that had to be 2015 with the Denver Broncos and no fly zone as well. And we just had all the different elements to have a dominant defense. You know, you have to have that swag to be a dominant defense. You have to have that confidence. That was a no fly zone. It keeps the lead. Or if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Or he, he's going he's going he's going to die trying to do it. Then you mix a key to lead with Chris Harris. Chris Harris is a, a verbal guy as well. Um, and then you have the two slobber knockers with with Dorian with Dorian Stewart and TJ Ward. So we can back up everything that we're talking. You know, and then we got the rush to we got the rush from me and Demarcus and and Derek Wolf and Malik Jackson. And then we had guys off the ball. Uh, we had linebackers that could cover, had linebackers that could blitz with, with Brandon Marshall, Brandon Marshall, Todd Davis, Danny Trevathan. You know, these guys, uh, they could do anything that you could ask them to do linebacker-wise. And we just had all the elements. We had we had a smart play caller. And a, um, we had a, a, he, a experienced play caller as well with, with Coach Phillips. Um, coach Kubiak was one of the coaches that no other coach could, could coach that team like Coach Kubiak did. He just was a great – he, he was able to relate to everybody on that team. He was able to talk and get the most out of everybody on that team. And this team had Peyton Manning, Akeem Tlaib, you know, myself. You know, we had Danny Trevathan. We had people from all different walks of life. And Coach Kubiak was the guy that, that really managed everybody and had everybody on the same page. Um, but back to that defense, Akeem Tlaib was definitely the confidence of that team. Really? You know, he was. He was definitely he was definitely comes to that team. He would he would say whatever in the media, say whatever um, out in public, and we were like the guys like yeah, Keith Lee said it. We'll go out there and do it. And we did. <laughs> I remember I remember playing. Uh, I remember two weeks before the Super Bowl, and Keith we it was our first time watching film with the Carolina Panthers, and uh, Keith was like yeah, we got this. It's over. We're gonna lock down. We're gonna lock down the receivers. They ain't got nothing for us. We're gonna lock down the receivers, and it just started one day, and it just created this confidence. Like yeah, they undefeated, but. Akeem said that they're going to lock down the corners and all we got to do is rush. And if all I had to do is rush, then I'm, I feel pretty good in my chances to rush. Like Akeem Tlaib was saying in the public, in the locker room, whatever, that we're going to lock down their receivers. That was that was a huge element of the game that was already taken out of the game plan. You know, we had Chris Harris, Akeem Tlaib. Uh, we had Bradley Rowe. He was a young he was a young guy. He was a strap artist as well. And we had all of these guys. And, um, you know, the confidence really came from Akeem. I think the enforcers were, um, you know, TJ Ward and and, uh, and, and Dorian Stewart. Yeah, TJ was a big hitter. We had, we had Demarcus Ware, you know, one of the one of the best pass rushers to ever play this in, in in National Football League. And I was I was his his Robin. You know, he was Batman. I was Robin. Whatever you know, game whatever stuff we watch on film, he would tell me to do, it and I would do it. He he never let me. He never led me, and um, he never led me in a bad direction. He said, Vaughn, all you have to do is do this." That's what I did, and it worked. And then we had big guys to take, you know, the pressure off us in the middle with Malik Jackson and Derek Wolf and Antonio Smith. You know, list just goes on and on and on. We were we were just super stacked. We had the confidence, we had the swag, we had the intelligence, we had the experience. We we had everything that it took to be a dominant defense for sure. One one time, Ray Lewis told me that Willie Rofe of Kansas City, he was like. Colin, you can't even, it's country strong. Like I couldn't even, and Ray Lewis, one of the great players. Has there ever been one offensive lineman that Vaughn, you're just like, okay, that that's genetics. Like I can't, I can't move him. You know, the offensive lineman that I go, that you, so all the big time offensive lineman, like, you know, 
Tyron Smith, the, the Lane Johnson, yeah. the you know the Williams, you know it's you know going against those guys. You you preparing for these guys all year. You know, for me, I think the toughest challenge for me was Mitchell Schwartz, and you wouldn't expect it. Really, you, know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it. Um, and I think Mitchell Schwartz having a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes that can really play to you know Mitchell's angles. You know, I had the toughest time with with Mitchell Schwartz. You know, I'm really surprised that he's not on the team right now because I always had the toughest time with Mitchell Sports. I think he's the one offensive lineman that only he only gave me one like sack. Wow. He 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 would always it would always be so tough to play Mitchell Sports and then the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and everybody else. Was it, it was the just, hands? Was it hands? Was it leverage? I don't, I don't know what it was. He was a smaller he was a smaller offensive yes. lineman. He was a smaller offensive lineman, but he just I don't know. He, I, I just maybe I was in my own head. But I always had such. I always had the toughest time with Mitchell Schwartz, and I would see other guys have success versus Mitchell Schwartz. But whenever I went against him, it would, I would it would, I would it would be the weirdest thing for me. Like any move that I would try, he would be sitting on it, <laughs> and anything any good rush that I would have, Patrick Mahomes would you know he would trump that and you know scramble, or, you know throw the ball away. But playing against Mitchell Schwartz and the Kansas City Chiefs was always a tough. You know, time for me. I don't know what it was, and it's shocking to me that, that Mitchell Schwartz is not on the team right now because I, I know he still has some good football left. All right, let's bring on Tyler Dunn, founder of GoLongTD.com, a newsletter dedicated to enterprising pro football journalism and a guy I lean on when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. Where do you land today? I mean, you know, it's funny. I look at the Packers. I think they miss David Bakhtiari at left tackle. Um, I, I Sometimes I worry about them at corner beyond Jair Alexander. I, I worry about their second corner. I worry about David Bakhtiari. They got a pretty good pass rush tonight. I got to tell you, and that's a good Niner offensive front. Where do you land with the Packers today? What are you really happy with and what concerns you? I think you have to be thrilled, number one, with Aaron Rodgers' play. I mean, two weeks ago, rightfully so, a lot of us were questioning his desire, how, how vested he was into this season. It did not look good. It was ugly against New Orleans. And I think that, that that was a quarterback tonight that delivered in big moments like he has his whole career. So that's probably what's given them a sigh of relief more than anything is the quarterback that was MVP last season. That's what you saw against San Francisco. Defensively, though, man, I mean, that, that's about as impressive as Green Bay's defense yeah. looked in a long time. That's what time. I thought. I mean, they they got pressure from you know, guys like Dean Lowry. I mean, you see that spin move. He's right yep. in Garoppolo's face. Um, at corner, you know, Eric Stokes, I know he's young. He's going to give up plays. Hey, he had a couple of – I'll tell you what, uh, Tyler, he's sticky. You don't separate from him. When they took him, you know, I had a couple of scouts reach out to me and say, listen, like, whoa, th- th- this guy can play. I mean, they just got themselves a player. Maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't like it. It's not a weapon. That's a cornerback that's going to play sooner rather than later, which is such a premium position, as we're talking about with this game in San Francisco, needing an Eric Stokes. So I think the upgrade from Kevin Kevin King in a big way there. And I mean, yeah, there were penalties that kind of muddied the game up a little bit. But I think defensively, after what you saw against the Saints and really that that first half against the Lions was just as ugly. That's about as good as Green Bay's defense has looked in a long, long time. You know, the the Rams really match up with Tampa well, Tyler, because they have a great corner in Jalen Ramsey, as do the Packers. So you can kind of take Mike Evans out and force Tom to go to second and third options. Uh, the second thing 
of which the Packers had tonight. Kenny Clark creates an interior pass rush. Aaron Donald creates a rush on Tom Brady's feet. That's the way to kind of make Tom move. Um, and, and those are two big things. I think the Packers have an elite corner. They can get a sometimes they can get that interior rush, which is big. Um, you know, we forget that Green Bay had Tampa in real trouble. It, when I watched this game tonight, I don't know if I felt this way about the Packers in two years. I thought they kind of physically took it to the Niners. I really did a lot on the line of scrimmage. It's a very good point. You know, just that that physicality. Yes. You know, every time they go up to Santa Clara, it's like, and and you know, throw in Seattle too. That you know, we're going back a few years, but those Legion of Boom teams, and then it kind of spilled into San Francisco. It's it's kind of year to year, coach to coach, era to era. The Packers just look soft against these they, teams. You yeah. Why out west, and they get their butts kicked. And it that wasn't the case. You know what I mean? Like even if they would have lost that game, you're right up front. They were pushing people around, and they're pushing people around without some of their big bodies in there. I mean, they're, they're missing a lot of their big men that do a lot of that stuff. So offensively and, and defensively, I think the fact that you know San Francisco did, didn't just play downhill the whole game and run for 200 yards says a lot about your progress as, as a defense. And it says a lot about Brian Gutekunst, you know? I mean, he's the, the GM that the quarterback himself put under fire for six months. And that was a team with a roster – ready for this moment, right? Ready, ready to kind of beat a team that's pushed them around year to year. I think that top to bottom, the rosters, it's strong and it's strong with that kind of player, with that kind of mentality that Green Bay has been lacking most of Aaron Rodgers' career. Yeah. I feel like Amari Rodgers or Randall Cobb, probably Randall Cobb in the next month, but Amari Rodgers probably beyond. And, and I don't know how it's going at practice and I don't get the inside stuff on this. I think he has to emerge at some point this season. Is that fair? The Clemson kid. I just, when I watch Green Bay, my my one big push is, listen, man, you, you face, you you face, like, let's say the Packers face the Rams and Jalen Ramsey takes Devontae to some degree out of it. Like, you've got to have a second and a third weapon. Now, I will say this. Green Bay has done a great job to develop some young tight ends over the years, and they've got another one. But... um I, I just feel like they've got to they've got to develop a second. I mean, because now you look at the Rams. If you get into a shootout with the Rams, I got Cooper Cup. I go Robert Woods. They use their tight ends. I have Deshaun Jackson. I have Van Jefferson. Like Jair is is not going to be as you know you can you can just throw the ball on the other side of the field. You I, I when I look at the it's really funny Tyler. I look at the AFC. I really like Buffalo. And you cover the entire league. Um, I think the Chargers are for real. Uh, Kansas City will be fine. Baltimore's a tough out. So is Cleveland. Um, when I look at the NFC, I really – I'm Tampa Rams. How do you think the Packers match up with the Rams? Because I think they match up with Tampa. I do. I think I think Alexander can take Evans out. They'll get a bull rush. I don't know if they match up with the Rams. The Rams, I mean, they just dragged Tampa into a shootout and Tampa couldn't keep up. Couldn't keep you up. Know, they, that, that score doesn't really do that game justice. I think anybody watching that drive for drive, it's, I mean, they just slapping around. It, it, was, it was ugly. So I, I think right now the Rams, we'll see if they can keep this up, right? I mean, eventually you got to think some smart coaches, smart coordinators are going to throw something at Sean McVay. Um, similar, I mean, Bill Belichick in that Super Bowl, I mean, he made Sean McVay look like a, you know, a high school coach. He had no answers for anything. So at some point, can they, can they figure this out? 
Right now they can't. <laughs> right now the Rams are scoring at will. Every game is going to be a shootout. I mean, Matt Stafford looks like a, a robot back there. I mean, just picking and choosing whoever he wants, whenever he wants. And if you're Green Bay, you're probably going to have to play that type of game. I tend to agree with you. You're, you're going to have to win in the 30s. You're going to have to win with somebody else stepping up because in their defense, I mean, that's the standard. I mean, teams are copying what the Rams have done with Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, you have one corner, you let him take somebody away and you kind of bring a safety, another safety over there to the other side. You, you bracket two back there if you need to force teams to go the long way. They're, they're, they're going to have to score to keep up. And I, I, I come kind of like uh, ra- rationalizing and conditioning everything I say, because I do like Marquez Valdez scandling. I, I think that there's a lot to love there, his size, his speed. There's so much good. And then, you know, he might have a drop. He might fall down at the top of a route. He'll have that one mistake that kind of drives fans nuts. The fumble against Indianapolis last year. They're relying on him. So one way or another, the season could come down to Valdez Gandler. All right, my buddy, Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer, Action Network. This game, I'm going to let you lead me. Because I, when I don't understand something... I am willing to acknowledge I'm not the smartest guy in the room, and I, and I take advice and I listen. I don't understand the Patriots-Buccaneers line. The Buccaneers are better. Uh, the Buccaneers are good news. Coming off a loss, anything about overlooking Mac Jones, not going to happen. Brady's not going to overlook going to Foxborough. If you really look at what the Patriots do, they're averaging about three yards an air pass. They have no ability to beat you deep which is the Buccaneers' primary weakness. They're secondary with injuries. So the Buccaneers' weakness is really the weakness that can't, it, it won't be beaten by New England. This line should be bigger. I think New England is over their head. I think if any player in this game is nervous, it's Mac Jones facing his idol. I don't think it's Brady returning to a very familiar environment. I, I think Vita Villa and that defensive front I think Todd Bowles to this point has not had many zero blitzes. Uh, They've been playing a little bit of a bend, don't break defense. I think they're going to be a little more aggressive for the first time this year. I think it could get ugly. I I would take Tampa Bay to win by 10 or more, but I don't understand the line. So explain it to me. The line is is the way it is right now because bookmakers are deathly afraid of what happens if they go any higher. Because right now it's at seven points. Every time it goes to seven and a half, if it gets there, huge, huge money will come in on the Patriots. And it's not because everyone thinks it's going to be a very close game. It's not because people think Bill Belichick is the genius that he is or is not, depending on if he has Tom Brady. It's only because of how these games play out. And this is where it always gets interesting about betting. It's what we're talking about, right? It's not about the Buccaneers and the Patriots. It's about the number. It's not about the Jets game and the Titans game. It's about the number. You play home dogs at that big of a number because over the long term, that's how you make a bigger ROI. It's not a sexy answer. Like it's not a okay, here's what happens in this game and this is why you want to play the Buccaneers or the Patriots. It's only about the number. So many times I can tell you, betters won't even look at the teams. 
They'll just look at the number and see who's home and away and feel like they have an edge by playing the side where there's a huge home underdog. That's just how it goes sometimes. Um, in this game, there is 93% of the money and 92% of the tickets coming in on the Buccaneers. Every scenario there is says, play the Patriots. I'm not gonna. Like to me, it's just like, if I'm playing the Patriots, it's a little bit of a taste because that's what you do at that kind of number. But I don't love it. I like the Jets on the money line more than I like the Patriots against the Buccaneers. All right, Melman. Good, good talking to you, buddy. See you, brother. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.